And if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 8 this morning. Uh, we had Brother Jake here this morning to preach the sunrise service for us. Uh, I thought maybe he might get on some of my message this morning, but uh, I'm not typically the type that would preach just because it's a certain day. Just because it's Easter, I'll preach an Easter message. I just preach what God lays on my heart. And what we have been looking at in the last few Sundays is uh, out of John chapter 12 and verse number 21, they said, Sir, we would see Jesus. Uh, not everybody sees Jesus the same. I wish that everyone in here this morning would see Him as their Savior. I wish I could take the scales that's on your eyes and knock them off that you see Jesus as your Savior. And He is the Savior. He is your Lord and Savior. Someone that we need to get a hold of this morning. Matthew chapter 8, let us stand for the reading of God's Word. Verse number 28 this morning, verse number 28 this morning. And when he came to the other side in the country of Gadarenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off when heard them and a herd of many swines feeding so the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And Jesus said unto them, Go. And when they went out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swines ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And that they kept them fled, went, went their ways into the city and told everything that they had befallen on the possession, possession of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. When they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you thanking for your mercy and grace and love. We thank you for each one that's here this morning, Lord. We pray that hearts are, uh, are right with you this morning. We pray that we see you as we need to see you as the Savior, as the risen Savior, Lord. And we'll just thank you for that. Empty yourself and fill with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. You would think that these people would be shouting, praising God. Uh, the man that was possessed, uh, the, possessed with the devils, uh, uh, the one that tormented him, they couldn't even walk by there. This, this man tormented them. You would think they would be shouting and praising God because now he's not possessed. Now he is set free. They could say, hey, we are now free. We can go and come. Uh, uh, we don't have to worry about this possessed man anymore. But when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Now Daniel saw him as the seat, Savior, the preeminent one. 
One that we need to see Him at this morning, the preeminent one, the Savior. Herod, we talked about last week, saw Him as someone that He could play with. But these people here this morning, they see Jesus as someone they could push away. You would think after all, everything had, they had just witnessed, you would think that uh, they would not. Uh, they would come to him and says, "Don't ever leave. Uh, we've seen what you're capable of doing. We see what you can do. Don't ever leave. Won't you come to our homes? Won't you come to our countries? Don't ever leave here. What you did for him, you can do for us. You healed him of the possessions. You can do that to us." There's no telling what God can do for you this morning. There's no telling what God can do in your life this morning. There's no telling what God can do in your children's life this morning, your, your work life this morning. There's no telling what God can do in those areas of your life. He can change an entire community. He can change an entire country this morning. But instead they said... Let me tell you what. We want you to leave our coast. We want you to leave us alone. We've been getting along pretty good up to now. We just don't need you here now. We don't need you to come in here and mess up our lives. We've been dealing good with this unclean life, this filthiness, the, this sin. We've been doing good with that. We don't need you coming in causing an uproar. We've learned to live with our sin. We've learned to live with the filth that we're in. We've learned to live in all that. So we're just going to tell you, you need to go away. You know there's a people in such a... A rut in their life today. They don't want God to change anything in their life. Even if it's for the better, they say, Lord, uh, we don't need that. I don't need that. Even if it's radically going to help their lives in a way that they need. They just say, leave me alone. Can I be honest this morning? I can't be too hard on these people here. Before I was saved, I was the same way. Before I knew Jesus, I was the same way. I, I pushed back the Lord. I, I pushed back the church. I pushed away from the Bible. I, I tried my best to stay away from it. I was telling them, I don't need you. I like the life that I live. I, I've learned how to accept the things that's going on in my life. I just don't need you. Oh. <laughs> but then I realized I needed him. I, then I realized, hey, I've been pushing against the wrong things. I was pushing against the one that I needed instead of pushing away the things I didn't need in my life. There was an opposition pushing against the things of God. You've heard that, that saying, the preachers use it all the time, liberty to preach. Sometimes you just got to take the liberty to preach. 
But if you talk to some preachers, sometimes when they start to preach, there's an opposition against the preaching. And, and I thought that, why is that? That when you're preaching and you feel like there's an opposition in you in the side of the house of God, you feel like something is pushed away because there are people sitting in the church today that just don't want to hear what you got to say. They don't want to hear about Jesus, the Savior of the world. They don't want to hear about death and hell. They don't want to hear about it. So they just push away. I'm all right. I'm good in my life. They don't want to hear the things that Jesus can do for them. Instead, they resist and push back. find the problem many times is people sitting in the pews that's pushing back against the things of God and the word of God. And all the while the preacher's just trying to hand you Jesus who can help your soul, who can help your life. Who can save you, who can turn your things around, who can change your life. He cast the devils out of this man but there's a resistance. They're pushing against the Lord. I don't need that. They'll even say, you can't change me. I'm going to leave the same way I came. Amen. Just leave me alone. Aren't you glad that when you was in that shape, you pushed away the church, you pushed away God, you pushed away the Lord, but the mercy of God kept coming and knocking, and the grace of God kept coming and knocking. He kept knocking one more time. He kept calling her one more time. He came and he extended that mercy and one more time in your life. I'm so glad God is the God of the first, second, third, and fourth chances. I'm so glad that God doesn't turn his back on you. I'm so glad that God loves you enough that he keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. The old song says, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass by me. Fanny Crosby wrote that song when she was in the prison house singing to the prisoners. And she was telling them about her music. She couldn't see. She was blind. She was blind when three months old. And, and she was telling about that. And she said, I heard a prisoner fall out his chair and hit the floor and cried out that phrase, Pass me not by, O oh Savior. She went home and she wrote that song. Let me tell you, we had to ask God today, don't pass me by. I'm tired of pushing you away. I'm inviting you into my life this morning. You say this morning, I wish God would leave me alone. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't like to come to church. I get convicted when I come to church. And if that's happening, it means God is still dealing with you. When you start getting nervous, 
I, I'd get nervous if I, if I didn't feel anything when I come to the house of God and I listen to a preacher preach. I, I'd get nervous if I didn't feel anything because that means God has stopped dealing with you. But as long as you're sitting in church and you feel God's moving in your heart and you feel God is still dealing with you, He says, don't pass me by. These people saw someone that they could push away. Let me give you three quick things and I'll let you go this morning on why these people pushed the Savior away. Turn with me to Mark chapter 5 with me, please. Mark chapter 5, verse number 4. It says, because they had, he had been offered bound with feathers and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the feathers broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Reason why they pushed the Savior away. Reason why they asked Jesus to leave the coast is because he got rid of his feathers. This man had no problem breaking the chains, uh, had no problem breaking the feathers in his life. No one could walk in chains this morning. No one walked in uh, with a ball and chain around their feet this morning carrying a ball. I, I watched some jail shows. I watched that movie called that show called Jail, and I see them bringing in the they're handcuffed uh, and, and they bringing them in. But if you get too rowdy, too big, and too much, they put them in a seat and strap them in, and they cannot break out of that. They cannot get out of that. But here, this man, they feathered him, they chained him, and he breaks it without a problem. problem is this morning, you might have walked in this morning. You're not with chains on you. You're not with handcuffs on you, but you're spiritually bound. You got spiritual feathers in your life. You got spiritual chains in your life that's got you bound. And I'm, I'm talking about save and save people today. Watch what these people's response when Jesus start to getting rid of the feathers in verse 15. And they came to Jesus to see him that he possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. Now listen, they said they were afraid. Listen, this man has been the devil. He's been possessed with the devil. They could not go anywhere. He has been tormenting them through the tombs. They couldn't go by him. He, they couldn't do anything with him. And they were not afraid of that. I mean, if I had a neighbor like that, I'd be out there hunting. But they were not afraid of that. They were not afraid of somebody that was capable of doing all these things. But here this man is sitting in his right mind and clothed. And they were afraid of that. They were afraid of it. And they saw and told them that how it befell to him that he was possessed with the devils. And also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. It scared them more, him being in his right mind, than him being possessed by the devils. It scared him that Jesus completely changed his life. 
What I found out some people don't like about Jesus, and some of you may have been there, your family was able to deal with you as a drunkard. Your family was able to deal with you as a rebellious person. They learned how to deal with you like that. They understood, uh, and they said, hey, uh, I understand, and they learned how to deal with you. But when God came into your life and changed your life completely and changed you over, you're no longer a drunkard, you're no longer a dope addict, you're no longer running the roads, and now they say, hey, I don't like that. I, I don't like that when you... I love them, but I don't like that part of their life. I don't want them to be like it. They can deal with you being in sin. They can deal with you being a rebellious, but they cannot deal with you loving Jesus and serving God. Amen. You may have been that way. I'm, I'm that way in my family's life. I've got friends that have pushed me away because I'm into the Bible. I've got friends and family that's pushed me away because I'm a preacher. They have pushed me away. I can deal with the old man. But boy, that new man, <laughs> there's something about him I just don't like. See, God can radically change your life that people do not like. Notice what this man said before he got his spiritual change and feathers off in verse number 7. And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjured thee by God, thou, thou taught me not. That's what people are saying today about God. Trying to get these chains off them, your spiritual chains off them, they're tormenting your life. He said, you're tormenting me. Some of you think this morning, what I'm doing here this morning is tormenting you, preaching. You're tormenting me with the words of God. I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear it. I want to push it away. All I'm trying to do is get you on the right path and show you the right way get you free from the spiritual feathers that you have in your life. And I'm talking about saved and unsaved. You say, well, I'm a saved. I ain't got, yeah, you do. A lot of us saved people have feathers in our life. There's change in our life. Jesus did not show up to torment this man's life. He showed up to transform this man's life. He showed up to break the feathers in his life. I find every one of us have feathers in our life that hold you back from salvation or either hold you back from serving God. That's why the Bible said, lay aside every weight and sin which so, doeth so easily beset us. These feathers, these anchors that hold us down from serving God. God wants us to get rid of them. God wants us to cast them off. And that's my job as a preacher. It's to afflict the comfortable and bring comfort to the afflicted. Amen. If you're comfortable where you're at and what you're doing and living your lifestyle, then it's my job to bring affliction to your life. But if you've got affliction in your life, it's my job to bring comfort into your life and show you the Word of God. You say, preacher, you don't. 
don't have those kind of feathers. You don't know what I have this morning. You don't know what I've been dealing with this morning. You're right, I don't know, but I can tell you who the solution is to your problems. I don't care what you're facing, what you're going through, whatever's hanging you up down. I don't care whether it's sin holding you down or weight that's holding you down. I know the solution to your problem this morning, and that is Jesus Christ. Some religions will tell you, I loved it, I studied up on this one. I tried it, it didn't work for me. Some religion says all you have to do is meditate to relieve all the stress in your life. The more I meditate, the madder I got. I can't sit that long for one Sunday time. Like I got to do something. But as Christians, we know if we keep our mind focused on Him and He's center point of our life, then all these other things that go around in your life, He's going to take care of it. He'll take and bring that peace that passes all understanding in your life. But you've got to keep centered on Him. That's why He rose on the third day. That's why we don't have to go to a tomb. And look in and say, hey, can you help me today? No, yeah. we can look up because yeah. he's no longer in the tomb. Amen. He says, I give you peace. I give you my peace. That's what we need. That's how you keep from getting all these problems in your life. Notice verse 18. When, when he was coming into the ship, and he had been possessed with the devils, and prayed him that he might be with him. Listen, when... When Jesus changes your life, when Jesus comes in, you no longer want those people that you hung out with. You no longer want to go to the places that you hung out with. When Jesus transforms your life, He's going to say, hey, those things that you pushed away, I pushed the church away, I pushed the Bible away, I didn't want preaching, I didn't want the singing, I pushed it all away. But when Jesus came in my life, now I want that part of my life. I want to go there on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and whenever I can get into the house of God, that's where I want to be. I want to be next to the preachers. I want to be in the singings. I want to be in my Bible because that's what God can do for your life. Change it. You're here this morning, but you're pushing away. You're pushing back. I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. Oh, preacher, you just don't understand. I like what I am. So did I. I ain't gonna lie about it. I liked what I was. Boy, but I look back, I say, thank God he came to my life and changed what I was to what I am today. Amen. And Jesus moves in. It'll make you come to church. It'll make you read the Bible. He got rid of the feathers. There's a reason why they prayed him out, pushed him away. They liked what they were into. He got rid of their filth. You know the straw that broke the camel's back on why they really wanted him to leave? Why they pushed him away? It wasn't just the feathers being broken. That was the last thing they said before he, he said it in verse 16. And he saw and he told them how it befell to him, was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swines. If you read and study the Bible, there's over 2,000 swines there. 
Now you got to figure that up. 2,000 swines. 60 cents a pound on the hoof. You got a big pig. It weighs a lot. That's a lot of money. There was a thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars wrapped up in that herd of swine and they watched them perish. They said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're costing us. You just cost me a fortune. You just cost us something. You cost me my livelihood. This is what I was going to live on. They said, do you see what Jesus is costing us? It's going to cost us too much for him to stay here. To keep him around, it's going to cost you something. If we turn him loose in our country, there ain't no telling what he will do. He will mess it all up for us. You see what he had done just popping in on the coast? He's cost you some money. He's cost you some you imagine what he could do if we let him inland? You imagine all the things that we'd have to pay to get this guy? Do you know why they want to push Jesus out? He start costing them. Jesus just costs too much. He's going to cost you some friends. He's going to cost you some fun. He's going to cost you some family. He's going to cost you some finances. Jesus just costs too much. The rich young ruler. Jesus cost him too much. Nicodemus, Jesus cost him too much. What about you? I wonder if he's cost you too much this morning. You see what it cost them? It cost them their filth. Now, does anybody see this like I see this? I mean, I've read the story several, several times before, and that really just dawned on me this other day when I was reading this again. I said, man, I missed the whole point of the story. We think we've been healing the, the demonic and the demons, casting them out and swines, they go off in the lake and die and all that. We think, well, that's the story. Yay, yay, yay. Uh, Y'all realize these are Jewish people? They were Jewish people. What are they doing hanging around with swines? The Old Testament law is still in effect right now. They shouldn't have no contact, no touch, no nothing with them. See, you get so used to being in your filth, it doesn't matter anymore. When you start relaxing your standards and relaxing your, your goals and your, uh, 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 the things of God in your life, then you start getting into the filth. You know what? They should have shouted out, God, we've been trying to get rid of these things for so long because we know we can't eat them. And they're not supposed to do business with them. We, we've been trying to. We've just been waiting for the die-off. But they seem they multiply and we can't do anything with them. They ought to have been shouting, praising God. You've got rid of our filth for us. But no. You've cost us too much. You've cost me. 
Jesus is going to cost you something this morning. And I pray, God, thank you. Because when my filth, he come and he got rid of my filth, I said, thank you, God. I praise you, Lord, for getting rid of the filth in my life. They said, Jesus, you stay on your side of the lake and we'll stay on our side of the lake. Jesus said, you're supposed to be the children of God, the child of God. And I want the filth to be gone. I want the filth out. And I'm going to help you get rid of it. Can I say the reason some people want to keep Jesus at arm's length and push him away? They have a knowledge of Jesus. They know who he is. They like the concept of Jesus and what he can do. But Jesus is going to walk up into your coast of your life and say, there's some filth in your life that you need to get rid of, and I'm here to get rid of it for you. And that filth's got to go. That's not the Jesus that I'm looking for. I'm looking for the, oh, every day's a good day, everybody's a happy day. I, that's the Jesus I'm looking for. You're, you're talking like I've got to give up some stuff. I don't want to give up anything that I've got going on in my life. I like my life the way it is. And I'm just telling you, there's a better life coming. Get rid of the filth. And Jesus said, I'm here to get rid of the filth. Jesus showed up the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and ran them out. He cleansed the temple. Did you know the New Testament says your body is the temple of God? And as the temple of God, God says, listen to me, get all of this. As the temple of God, God says sometimes there's some things that gets in the temple of your body that needs to be purged, that needs to be kicked out, and you've got to let something come inside of it and push it out. And that's why I'm here for is to get rid of the filth in your life. Cleanse that temple out, which is the body of the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus may start flipping some things over in your life to get your attention. Say, hey, this has got to go. Hey, this can't hang in here no more. It's got to go. There is no sin worth losing Jesus. Whatever the cost is, Lord, come in and get rid of it. Help me cleanse it out. Whatever it is, get rid of it. There's no sin worth keeping and losing the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't wait till too late. You got rid of the feathers and chains. You got rid of the filth. They saw someone they could finally get rid of. They prayed him out their coast. And Jesus does what they wanted. Verse 20, the first three words. And he departed. Can I give you something scary this morning? There is no record in the Gospels that Jesus ever came back to the Gadarene country. 
no record that him ever coming back doing anything. There's no record of Jesus making another trip. Jesus shows up, knocks on the door. He does his feather-breaking thing there. He does that miracle there. And he never shows up again. Never shows up again. I, I believe in the long-suffering of the Lord. I believe in the mercy of God toward the saved and the unsaved. If it wasn't, we'd all be in hell this morning. We don't need to be here this morning. But I also believe, now get this, I also believe there can come a point when you can run away from him for one last time. You can turn your back on him for one last time. I don't know what that point is, so don't ask me. I don't know what that point is. But there is a point where a man or woman can say for the last time, go away. Leave me alone. I don't want you. The Bible says the Spirit of God will not always dwell with men. Depart from me. And Jesus, Lord, the Savior, will depart from you and never come back. There is a point. You Save people can finally get to that point. You say, save people? What is that point? I don't know. But I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out. If we knew the, listen, if we knew the point that God's going to say, I'll no longer deal with your heart. I'll no longer come to your heart anymore. If we, if we knew where that point was at, we will all run headstrong doing that till we got to that point and stop and then ask God in our lives. That's not the way God wants it. God wants you to change your life today, not wait to then, wait to that point, because we don't know how when that point is. But if we did, we'd live like hell. Problem is, we might not make to that point. Might not make to that point. Lord, I don't want you in my life. I don't need you in my life. I'm just going to push you away. I think I could do better on my own. I will tell you this morning, if you're pushing away, pushing away, and God is still dealing with your heart, and God's still moving in your mind, I would run to the altar this morning and open up my heart to God and say, Lord, here I am. I've been pushing away for too long. I've been trying to do things on my own. I've been pushing away the church. I've been pushing away your word. I know what you've been doing in my life. I know you've been telling me. I'm just going to come and say, here I am. Cleanse me. There is no price too great. Nothing is too high. And say, Lord, come and abode in my life and change me forever. If God is speaking, that means he's not, stopped, he's not stopped dealing with you. If your heart is thumping and God is trying to speak to your heart this morning, the altar is the place you need to be. Don't turn it off. Too many times we, we don't want to go to the altar because we think something's wrong in my life and everybody's going to think something wrong in my life. They're right. There is something wrong in all of our lives. 
Even saved and unsaved, even the saved people need to come to the altar. There's something going on in your life that you need to get right with God. And God says, hey, the temple needs to be cleansed. There's something in your life that needs to come out. Can I say this and I'm done? Like I said, there's no record of him going back there doing anything else. But if you read on in the chapter, as soon as he crossed over, the multitude came to him. And he started healing. He started mending. The woman with the issue of blood, she got healed. Jairus' daughter got healed. What he did for them, he could have done for them. Can I say this? What, what, what he will do for one, he'll do for another. Amen. You born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, he'll do it for each and every yes. one of us sitting here. here. You say, well, I, I, I've gone too far. No, you haven't gone too far. You're sitting right here this morning. I, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm clean enough. You ain't got to be clean. He cleans you up. He'll clean you. So won't you come this morning? I've been playing games with God too long. I've been pushing him away. Are you looking at Jesus this morning as someone you just push away or keep at arm's length? Because I really don't want you in my life that much. Or you want to come and say, Lord... I want everything of you because I want everything of me in you and you in me this morning.